It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Thursday edition. We've got our man Jake Ellenbogen with us from Downtown Rams. I'm really excited about today. Uh, typically, we've been doing these mock draft Mondays and going through different scenarios on where the Rams might land in this draft and, and what player might come their way. But today, we've got Jake, who is, as you know from having him on the show, Dives deep into this draft content. Always has players on his show. Uh, last year did over 200 player interviews, and he is on his track to do uh, that and more this year. So we're excited to have him with us and to have him dive into really our first mock draft together live here on the podcast. It's going to be fun. Don't know the direction it's going to take us, so buckle in, hang with us tight, uh, and hopefully this will uh, be a fun podcast for everyone. Don't forget you can find us on all social media accounts. I'm LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, as well as Lockdown Rams, all accounts. We've got Jake Ellenbogen with us, so you can find him at JK Bogan DTR on Twitter, as well as Downtown Rams, all accounts. Hit him up, ask questions. Uh, we're going to have fun with this, and we'll do a couple of these uh, with him on board over the next handful of weeks and look back and recap on some of this because, again, remember, this draft stuff is going to be constantly moving and changing. Uh, but for today, we're going to be using uh, the Draft Network. They are close here and tied in with the Lockdown Podcast Network, so that should be exciting. Um, but with all that good stuff out of the way, let's just jump right into it. With six draft picks on the board as of now, question is, how will the Rams look to retool in the 2020 draft? I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Rams, and this is your lead story. Jake, this is going to be really fun today as we're going to do a mock draft, and we're going to cover the first two rounds in this segment and continue the rest of the show with the other four picks that we do have, six in total for the Rams as of right now. And again, we haven't heard much of what the compensatory picks are going to be. Uh, from over the cap website, they said that should most likely come out around February 21st. That's the Friday before the 2020 NFL scouting combine. Uh, there's a projection that we may get a fourth round pick. So keep that in mind and we'll do that later on. Uh, once we get that, that would come from Roger Saffold. We'll see how it shakes out. We don't know quite yet. But as for today, we are looking and we are using the DraftNetwork.com Mock Draft Simulator as well as using their big board. So keep that in mind. As I said, there's going to be some changes and their board's a little bit different than someone else's board. And this will probably change as we go over the next couple weeks. Uh, so we have it set to auto-draft for all the other teams around us. So Jake, if you are ready, uh, we will click on three to get this thing going. You ready over there? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. In three, two, one, start draft. Now it's starting to pick all the first rounder picks. And as me and Jake obviously know, we do not have a first round pick. Uh, we'll see what it comes like when we get to our 52nd pick overall. Jake, as this thing starts to do its, its thing with the mock drafts, uh, any thoughts on what direction you may want to go with that first pick at 52? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at offensive tackle. Uh, I'm not 100% you know, convinced that just by getting Andrew Whitworth back, the Rams don't need an offensive tackle. He's still going to retire and it's still not guaranteed 
uh, that he'll even play with the Rams this year. It looks like he could, um, but just because he's back doesn't mean he'll be in horns. And just because he's back doesn't mean he'll be back for the next three years. It's probably going to be a one-year deal, and that's it. Um, with that being said, though, you know, I like the offensive tackle here. I like looking at, um, you know, an edge defender, uh, you know, somebody that can, re- you know, potentially replace Dante Fowler. Uh, right now, the best player available right now is Evan Weaver out of California. So while your California listeners might believe he's the best fit, um, I wouldn't pick him in the second round. And then you have guys like Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech and Akeem uh, Davis Gaither. So I'm slightly going best player available. And it's it's best player available, according to me, because right now I'm looking at the board right now, and I know you can see that bear. And, and Curtis Weaver is probably there for you, right, from Boise State. Uh, Jonathan uh, Grenard from Florida. Just two spots after those two. And pick Joshua Uche, oh. my guy, from Michigan for the Rams. Evan Weaver, funny enough, went the pick after. But I think Joshua Uche is just a perfect fit for the Rams. He's, you know, somebody, you know, gives them that athleticism off the edge. Uh, somebody that got better every single year at Michigan and can really play all over. Uh, very versatile, has the range that you're looking for to cover the tight ends of today. You're talking about, you know, having to cover George Kittle now, you know, and, you know, his dominance. And obviously there'll be guys, I'm sure, you know, Seattle and Arizona will find some guys to, to you know, combat the Rams as well. So, they're going to need to step up their game in that regard. And um, I really like the pick. Yeah. And uh, I'm interested to see, because I'm, I'm curious if, as we do this, as it kind of has a little bit of different results, depending on, uh, you know, how it goes, if it changes every time, you know, it's funny because one of the guys I see at the top of the list as the overall is JK Dobbins. And if we didn't go pick up Henderson last year, move up for him, that would have been an interesting case. And with all the Todd Gurley talk and what's going on with him and his knee, getting a guy like JK Dobbins, if he falls that far, uh, would be interesting from Ohio state, but I think we have to stay away. That is like the video game version of where my mind goes. Uh, but you're right going in. Um, I originally had, uh, Josh Jones as one of those guys I really wanted. Uh, offensive tackle out of Houston. You mentioned a tackle, but on my mock draft, he was selected just a couple picks before. So with that being said, it's funny. I I did this earlier. I've done a handful of these and um, the excitement that I have with Uche as well on that edge and in the production and what you saw out of him. um, I didn't want to follow uh, your first pick. I was really going to go offensive tackle and Josh Jones was one of those guys from Houston Lucas Niang from uh, uh, TCU offense tackle was another one of those guys that was selected right before. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my secondary pick, which of course, you know, me as a Michigan guy, you hyped up, uh, you know, what you saw with Uche down at the, the combines. So I'm going to select him as well. Uh, I think you just have to take best available there. I think you have to look offensive tackle in these first couple picks. So that's kind of giving away the direction I might go next. But um, as mine runs through, I think you are probably set on your next pick. So take us through uh, the next selection for you for the Rams. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at this right now, pick 84. It's a really interesting pick. Uh, one of my favorite wide receivers in this class, Van Jefferson, just went off the board. Bradley Anai, uh, edge rusher guy that they've met with. Um, from Utah went off the board and Kyle Duggar, somebody that just came on my show, um, really big fan of him and his game. Um, he went off the board to the Dallas Cowboys. So that leaves, um, you know, quite a few options. Obviously we're in the third round. It's not slim pickings yet. Actually, there's some interesting ones here. Um, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what Lindsay theory put out, uh, today with the potential of the Rams, uh, trading Todd Gurley, 
Um, you do have Cam Akers from Florida State and Eno Benjamin from Arizona State sitting here. Um, I just wanted to address this because I'm not going to select them. I don't believe the Rams are going to trade Todd Gurley either. So I'm looking at that, and that's probably not going to work for me. Thaddeus Moss becomes a really interesting uh, decision because I do believe that the Rams could trade Gerald Everett. I think Thaddeus Moss next to uh, Tyler Higby is lethal, and that would definitely be something to keep an eye on. I'm going to just kind of go through here, you know, because I couldn't really decide. I mean, there, there's a lot of, you know, that's the weird thing is it's kind of broken up a little bit. And because of the lack of linebackers in this class, you know, it's kind of hard to, to really choose. You know, I really like a few guys. Um, unfortunately, at this point, we just had Cushenberry go off the board. So can't grab him, which is really a bummer. And uh, since we already drafted an edge defender, I don't think you need an edge defender. You know, I'm going to say this. We'll, 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 uh, we'll plug up the middle and we'll go uh, Lakey Fotu from Utah. We're going to get that nose tackle. Um, I really like what Greg Gaines does and what he brings to the table. And I think he's going to be huge this year. But I don't think he's just truly a nose tackle. Sebastian Joseph Day, I'm not as high on. Uh, I think, you know, he could maybe play the other a defensive end position. So I think you bring in uh Fotu, you plug up that middle, and now um you have a true nose tackle next to Aaron Donald. I like it. Nose tackle was another one of those positions I was looking in that first pick as well as uh you know looking at offense alignment didn't really nothing jumped out at me at that point. So that was the direction I also was thinking about going. And it couldn't be bad if if you're talking about still in the third round, lots of talent. Uh, here, I still feel committed that I've got to get somebody for the O-line. I had my eyes on uh, Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia. He went a handful of picks uh, in my mock draft in this before us. So he comes off the board. Robert Hunt was picked right before uh, interior offensive lineman out of Louisiana. Uh, and I hate to do this because I'm a Michigan guy and people might be going, oh gosh, here he goes again. This draft is looking silly. But Ben Breedson is interior offensive line from Michigan. And just kind of reading a little of the scouting report from the Draft Network here, they say he's got a long tenure at Michigan as a starter, and he's seen almost everything. His football IQ is on point. Uh, they really like his raw power. Uh, he's a bully. I love that. So uh, I'm going back-to-back -back Michigan, guys. I'm getting an interior offensive lineman, another guy that obviously – with Aaron Cromer can work in different areas and maybe across the board and they will cross train him. So that's the way I'm going. We are now moving again on this draft board, but what we're going to do is we're going to step aside as these auto drafts go. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to take on our next two picks. We've got four remaining. We got Jake Allen Bogan from downtown Rams. We've got more coming up on the other side. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Jake, we are back and we are on pick 116 for the Rams. Uh, So far for me, I've got an edge and an interior offensive lineman. Uh, I believe you've got two edge, maybe an edge and a linebacker is what you've taken so far. So you're on you're on the clock 116 here. Uh, What are you thinking? Yeah, so I've gone edge and I've gone with a nose tackle. Uh, There it is. Obviously, you know, I'm given. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving, uh, you know, the, the defense some some love here. Offensive tackle has been kind of neglected, I'll admit. Didn't really expect guys like Hakeem Adeniji and uh, Matthew Parrott to go off the board, which I'm really bummed about. Um, but I'm going to chill back a little bit. I do believe that Andrew Whitworth is going to end up coming back to the Rams. I think they already have, you know, a lot of, you know, young talent. So I don't think they'll necessarily go uh, reach for the stars the way I felt like they were going to had um, because I was assuming that Andrew Whitworth wasn't coming back. Um, that kind of changes my draft plan a little bit. And with the two LSU guys off the board already, that really changes my draft plan. So I was, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, you know, I could go offensive tackle, but I don't really like anybody except for one guy that really stands out and I can get him later on because of how raw he is. But, you know, just kind of going through this, I'm looking, I'm looking, and all of a sudden I see Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois, uh, somebody that stood out at the Senior Bowl, uh, somebody that was, um, he's measured in at, at six foot three, two nineteen. 219. Um, he was a one-star recruit out of high school. Uh, this is just a guy that I think is going to bring, um, you know, a ton of ability as a run defender, uh, but somebody that can play that free safety position. Um, I like him in clicking clothes. I think he can really, um, you know, make a lot of plays in the back end of the secondary. I like his ball skills, you know, man to man coverage. There's a little bit of a question mark there, but I do like him basically because I feel as though as much as people like Taylor Rapp, what you saw in that game against the 49ers, Taylor Rapp is not a free safety and he's not going to play strong safety over John Johnson. He's going to be a third safety that they want to employ um, as kind of that pseudo linebacker. So bring on Jeremy Chin. You get a starter level, a starter caliber player, you know, in the fourth round out of Southern Illinois. Uh, the senior bowl uh, boxes checked. 
Um, and then you're, you're once again, you're just building up that defense. Salukis. All right. On the board. I like it. And uh, very well put on why and how you think he could fit in with the team. And the funny thing is I am seeing some differences here between our boards. And I kind of like that because it means they're mixing things up. Uh, and every time you do one of these mock drafts, it may be a little different because one of the first people I saw as I got to pick 116 and I was scrolling up and down the list is Hakeem Adeniji, the guy that you just mentioned that was off the board for you. And uh, I had done this a couple times, and I had seen him be here and not be here at this point. And I love that he's here right now because we've talked about him here on the show. Um, he's been a starter at Kansas since 2016. Uh, he's got great length and mobility. He's got some stuff that you could see him, primarily a left tackle, if I'm understanding correctly, out at, at Kansas. But maybe that's something, again, you're talking about what is Andrew Whitworth. If he comes back one year, maybe two, I think would be max and a dream. Um, but he's going to retire at some point. So maybe this is a guy you like to bring in. And maybe this is a guy, depending on how this line goes, that you could also cross-train over at right tackle. So I'm going to select him out of Kansas, uh, Hakeem Adeniji. And he is now on the team. He's on Brad Motter's Rams team. And we are moving along to the next pick. Uh, we've got one more in this segment. So, uh, Jake, talk to me what you see and uh, what direction you're going to be going. And how about how about that? You're the Michigan guy. I'm the Kansas guy. So we both we both win a little bit, except you got the Kansas go. guy, a little jealous. But <laughs> but none, uh, nonetheless, though, you know, I'm looking and I'm seeing a lot of talent here on the offensive side of the ball. And I can't help but just kind of lean in that direction. Um, look, I'm going to go in this round. I'm going to take Alex Taylor, South Carolina State. If you guys know Alex Taylor, uh, you're probably thinking about the guy that got absolutely bodied in the senior bowl game. And I know that doesn't sound like somebody that you would want, but Alex Taylor, six foot nine, 308 pounds. Alex Taylor is raw as a rare steak. His size and the overall production ability, he's built like an NBA power forward, even a center in a sense. The fact that he is able to move the way he does I know we get into the, well, he's raw. I don't know if I want that guy blocking for me. Well, let's put it this way. If, you know, let, let's just say Andrew Whitworth doesn't come back, I'm probably not picking Alex Taylor, and I probably already picked an offensive tackle. But seeing that the possibility of Andrew Whitworth coming back is in the fold, and I think it's very real, and I think it'll happen, Alex Taylor seems like a no-brainer. You're getting this guy that's extremely raw, but if he ever gets it together, his arms, he's got such long arms, he has such an easy time shutting down guys. I mean, he is going to be lethal if he figures it out. If he gets on the same page, if he's able to, you know, really find it, he's he's extremely vertically gifted. He doesn't have the strength yet. He doesn't use, he doesn't have heavy hands. He doesn't use, he doesn't use his power enough. And that's part of the problem of, you know, being an offensive tackle and, and a raw offensive tackle, because as you start to learn, you start to realize, Hey, I can do this. And I just have to kind of put it all together. If Alex Taylor puts it all together, we're looking at a monster, monster selection here for the Rams. And, uh, you know, somebody that could be a pro bowler someday. I love it. And that's pick 155 for the Rams in the fifth round. 
But as we're looking at uh, the big board here for me, and again, we've realized that some of these are kind of shaked up a little bit different. I've got two guys that I'm kind of excited about. One is McTelvin Ajum. He's a interior defensive lineman from Arkansas. Uh, the other one is at the tight end position out of South Florida, Mitchell Wilcox. Uh, Mitchell is interesting because he's six foot five, two forty five, senior out of South Florida, and uh, his versatility is really what kind of makes him stand out. Uh, they used him a lot more, and they flexed him out in the slot. Uh, kind of good across the middle. A guy that is definitely more of a receiving tight end than a blocker, and that's something that the Rams might have to take in consideration. But we've talked a lot on this show here about what the Rams are going to do at tight end. They gave Tyler Higby a bunch of money. You know, we know what we have with Gerald Everett, and there's probably some interest around the league in a guy like that. So if you're looking to move on and add a tight end, Mitchell Wilcox might be that guy sitting here uh, on the board. He's number 158 overall as far as uh, on their big board. I think I'm going to have to go back to McTelvin uh, because out of Arkansas, this is an interior defensive lineman who has double-digit career sacks, and as they describe him as one of the most athletically gifted defensive tackles in the nation, explosiveness jumps off the off the screen each time. Uh, you watch him. The one thing is that his aggressive style may get him in some trouble as far as gap discipline, but I think with the coaching that we have here and working next to a guy like Aaron Donald, uh, you took one of those interior defense alignment earlier. I like this guy. I like where he sits, and he is just screaming at me. So, McTelvin, you're on the Rams, my friend. I am drafting him, and we are moving on to the next selection. What we are going to do is take this over to our third segment, finish out our mock draft with the last two picks that we have, and uh, we're going to close this out with pick number 179 coming up next. More with Jake Ellenbogen as we finish this mock draft. Before we get over the next segment, talking to you guys now about possibly the best deal we have on the network. And I don't mean just on Lockdown Rams. I mean the whole network. And now I'm talking about Dave Robles, or as I like to call him, the man, the myth, the Robles. Dave owns a company in LA called Think Real Estate, which is part of Keller Williams. And he's one of the top producing realtors in LA for over the past 20 years. Some of the things I love about Dave is he's an LA native and he knows the city in and out. Also, FYI, he's a Rams fan. That's one of the reasons why he's giving you an opportunity to go into the 2020 season with season tickets. Yes, new stadium, new uniforms, new hope for playoffs in 2020. And you could be there. All you got to do is give Dave a call or go to DaveRobles.com. Because if you're on the fence about buying or selling a home, Dave is the guy you got to talk to. And don't just take my word for it. He's got excellent Yelp and Zillow reviews. One of my favorite stories is when he was telling me about all these other agents trying to sell a home for $799,000 and they couldn't get it done. He took over the house and ended up getting it sold for $850,000. He literally put $50K into his client's pocket by just taking over and knowing how to negotiate in the local market. So don't waste any more time. Go to his website, daverobles.com, R-O-B-L-E-S, or just call him, 213-712-4343. Tell him I sent you. And if you buy or sell a home, again, season tickets, 2020, brand new stadium. It doesn't get better than that. And if you're leaving the area and you can't take those tickets, he will find something of equal value or give you a discount when you buy or sell a home with him. So either way, it's a win. Dave Robles, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams.
All right, Jake, we are back. We're in the sixth round, pick 179. You are on the board, my friend. Walk us through what you're seeing and who you're going to take. Yeah, so right now, um, you know, we're looking at this this, uh, this draft, and, and so far the Rams are, you know, I guess we um, have, uh, you know, selected Joshua Uche, um, edge defender, Leckie Fotu, nose tackle, Jeremy Chin, safety, Alex Taylor, offensive tackle. You've probably selected about three out of four starters. Taylor in no shape or form would be able to start this year. Um, He's a long-term project that could be huge. We're talking like Tyron Smith huge if he gets it together. Uh, So I feel good about that pick. Still want to stay on the offensive side of the ball. And the reason for that is because I really like offense. And damn it, I want to draft some offense. So (laughs) we're going to go, we're going to stay in the interior offensive line and we're going to go with uh, somebody that that should be on the the show soon. Daryl Williams out of Mississippi state. um, Somebody that I was praying for to come out last year, fell in love with the guy's film. I don't know why he fell off. I think mainly because his play fell off uh, because obviously he had to play with a whole new cast of guys. And, uh, you know, lost guys like Elgin Jenkins on his line. Daryl Williams is somebody I'm really keen on. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick him here. I like the way this has turned out for me. Now, you know, I'm just thinking round seven, um, you know, you're not spending a ton on him here. But the Rams, I think, are able here to get another weapon, whether it be a tight end or a wide receiver that maybe they didn't want to pull the trigger on earlier. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're getting to this point in the sixth and seventh round. And, and uh, you know, it is an interesting area and in how you can go about all these different players and trying to fill the mold and, and take some of those risks, those leaps. I've got a few guys I'm looking at here. And one, I have no clue how to say. He's Edge out of Utah State. Uh, Tipa Gialia? Gialia? I'm going to go with it anyway. Let's see. Uh, they have they describe him as a juiced up pass rusher with an elite burst, explosive, natural edge bender who can dip and flatten around the corner on a consistent basis. I mean that is stuff we are talking that we are that we do need. There are some questions about him and the reason why he may have drafted uh, or the way that he may have slipped down in this board is he was dismissed from TCU after he was caught on video assaulting two students. So you know, there are some uh, concerns with you know the type of person he is, but you bring him into this building I think the Rams are very confident taking on certain players like that Uh, we've seen them in the past not saying that all these guys had extreme off-field problems but just looking at some of the guys that the Rams have kind of brought into the building before they understand that they can uh, get somebody into a system uh, and make them feel good about how they can kind of mature them as a player so that's one of the guys Uh, there's uh, Travius Gibson another edge from Tulsa that is on the board right now. There's a handful of wide receivers, and I'm really tempted, like you said, Jake, to go and just grab uh, one of these wide receivers. Uh, Kendall Coleman is out there, another edge from Syracuse. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back down to my guy from Utah State. He's projected out at number 201, uh, but we are selecting him here at number 176. Some questions again, but uh, Tippa Gialei. And I probably butchered that because it's probably a Samoan or Hawaiian name. And I do not know how to pronounce just even regular names. Uh, So we'll see how this goes. But he is on the team, my friend, Utah State. You're now a Ram. So, Jake, this goes back to you to close it out. Our last pick we have here in the seventh round. What are you seeing and and what direction are you going to go? Yeah, so I think I already spoiled it earlier with the receiver. 
Uh, so no, uh, you know, cinematic, you know, conclusion or anything here, but I'm going to take Kendrick Rogers uh, from Texas A&M. So that's right. You're going to have Josh Reynolds and Kendrick Rogers. Look, Josh Reynolds, I get it. I know a lot of people are really hyped about him, but here's my biggest problem with Josh Reynolds. He is not that great at a 50-50 ball. He is not the guy that the Rams need. I'm not saying this guy's replacing Josh Reynolds, but they need to get a guy that's filled out, has more of a bigger body, and is somebody that can go up and pluck the 50-50 ball. And that is Kendrick Rogers. Look, three-star recruit out of high school. Uh, somebody I was watching um, because I was watching Texas A&M film uh, right before I went to the Senior Bowl. I, I could not take my eye off number 13. Just continue to flash and make plays and doesn't go down and fights for every yard and things like that. He's not a very nuanced route runner. He's got a lot of work to do. But, it, you know, you talk about, and I, we've had this conversation before, I don't know why more teams don't just employ the idea of just having a red zone weapon. You don't even have to call him a receiver. If the guy just catches touchdowns for you, if he catches 10 a year, it was a good investment, especially in the seventh round. And that's exactly what Kendrick Rogers can do. This is somebody that can go up. He can pluck the ball. He uses a great job. He does a great job of using his overall frame to box out defenders. Like he's a power forward in the NBA trying to, you know, get a rebound. I just really like how, you know, flexible he is, how he can get vertical. Again, you, you either have ball skills or you don't. He just seems to find the ball attack it at its highest point, you know, doesn't allow it to come to him, goes up and attacks it. Something that I've really just been waiting for Josh Reynolds to do, but he hasn't been able to do. My biggest issue with Josh Reynolds is that he's toothpick thin, whereas Kendrick Rogers is a, a 204. So he's a little more filled out. Um, he's going to take hits. He's going to sustain, um, you know, balance and he is going to make the big plays. So, but he comes out, he was the focal point at, at some, at, at times, um, at Texas A&M. So don't make the mistake. If he's there in the seventh round, Rams, you better take him. I like it. And the funny thing is we started with me copying a pick. And now here we are in the seventh round. And as you started, I went and pulled up my wide receivers because I kind of said the seventh, it's kind of, I got to get my Madden fix out. I got to get that offensive weapon fix out. We've talked about the wide receiver position here on the show before and, and how it may uh, change a little bit in 2020 and you want to again continue to add some uh, offensive weapons to this group depending on you know what happens and how it plays out but uh, he was one that I had highlighted and ready to go but I won't finish this the way I started I won't copy this pick as much as I do like him because you mentioned it uh, he was the focal point at times and really their go-to player on third down and a great red zone target and uh, everything that they have on him here in the scouting report is he's got tremendous hands can fight to go get the catch at its highest point. Uh, and one of those guys you mentioned that we don't really have on the roster right now. So he would be a perfect. I love that pick for you. I'm going to go a little different direction. Uh, Chase Claypool is still here from Notre Dame. Uh, one of the reasons I liked him was his size, his ability. He's not going to flash down the field. He does have some speed. But I'm going to go uh, kind of off the cuff here. This is a redshirt senior out of Georgia, Lawrence Cager. He's six foot five, 220. Uh, big-bodied wide receiver who thrives at the catch point in jump ball situations. Uh, he's got great leaping ability. Uh, I really like him. Uh, what they have on here is he consistently plucks the ball outside of his frame. Natural 
hands catcher, will enter the NFL as an instant threat in the red zone. That is what we need. He tracks the ball in the air well, as well as probably any wide receiver in the country. So that is something that's really exciting about him. Can find the ball, can find it up at the top of its point, and come down with some strong hands. And he's six foot five, 220. That is something that we need. We talked about that red zone target. Lawrence Cager, you are on the team, my friend. I love it. And that concludes for us this mock draft. And this was a bunch of fun. And we've got a lot to unpack from this. Jake, we appreciate it, my man. I thought this was a bunch of fun. Can't wait to do this with you again. I know this is on a shorter time frame than uh, you're probably typically used to. So we kind of fought through and, and picked with fury here. Uh, but it was fun to see the Rams with their four, with their six picks, potentially maybe getting another one. Uh, Jake, my man, any final thoughts? And then again, appreciate you coming on and, and doing our first mock draft together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed it. I like my team, you know, Joshua Shea, Fotu, Chin, Taylor, Williams, Rogers. I'd be very happy if the Rams ended up with those guys. And, uh, and lastly, I'm so happy that there was a certain team that I was uh, really counting on to make me look good. And they did just that. So shout out. I know it's it's later in the week, but shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs for proving me right. And, uh, and congratulations to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because that was awesome. I haven't talked to you since then. I was very, very, very sure that the Chiefs were going to win. But you just never know. Uh, and, it, and it definitely got closer than I expected. And at one point, the 49ers looked like they were 100% going to win the football game. And they blew it, but hey, credit to the Chiefs. They got the job done, and they're Super Bowl champions, and now it's up to the Rams to win uh, the next Super Bowl. I love it. You were right, and the Chiefs, man, came back in classic uh, Patrick Mahomes fashion in that fourth quarter. Made it exciting and made me a little nervous, but man, it was really made it all worth it, and they had their uh, Super Bowl parade today. Looked like they were having fun, pounding beers and interacting, uh, even so much with the fans that they tried to uh, get on the parade route, and the police had to take out a vehicle. That was pretty interesting. Probably see that online uh, over the next couple of days, but lots of fun that they had out there. And uh, hopefully you guys all know in this world uh, that Kansas City is not in Kansas. That was always something fun that we, uh, if you didn't know, you probably learned this week as well. Uh, that is referencing a tweet, and I won't go into more of that. But, Jake, man, we appreciate it. We had a bunch of fun. Uh, can't wait to go over more of this draft stuff with you as we have you on the show. Uh, we look forward to you. We'll be taking the next week off as we have our NFC West crossover. But the week after that, we will pick it back up, start talking some more draft stuff because this thing is moving, and it's moving quickly. So we appreciate it. And with that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.